Where in hell can you go? Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete That keeps crawling its way Keep your heart off your sleeve Guppy Productions presents Episode 1 of From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Cone Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher. The moment. I suppose it's fitting, in a way, that the moment should have happened here. Singapore has, after all, been our gateway into the Far East many times now. And many times we've sat on Clark Quay on the last evening, booked into a typically Singaporean hotel, and waiting for the long-haul flight home the next morning. It's a well-trodden path, and a familiar feeling, which starts somewhere in the pit of your stomach, but finds its way everywhere soon enough. We always talk it up, of course. It'll be great to see the dog again, Buru, the Belgian shepherd dog, who is my constant companion at home and who sits on the passenger seat of the Land Rover on the way to whichever garden I happen to be landscaping on any given day. And sure, it'll be nice to see the cottage with all of its 17th century charm and to have all our familiar things around us catch up with friends and family and eat our favourite food. It isn't all bad, going back, is it? So we talk it up and try to convince ourselves and each other that it's okay, really. Colchester's not a bad town, my business is doing okay, and Paula's making great strides in her career, fast-streaming her way into the upper echelons of the civil service. Life's good, isn't it? But the feeling doesn't go away, but rather lies there waiting for moments of weakness, when the thin veil of mutual reassurance falls away, and we both know we're kidding ourselves. One of us has to say it sooner or later. We're sitting here drinking bottled beer in the humid, tropical heat. And at some horribly jet-lagged time tomorrow, we'll be stepping out onto the airport concourse at Heathrow and thence out into the cold English winter. And I've never been good with the cold. It was a good trip. Our first time in Sulawesi. And we did everything we went there to do. Phil dived, Bunakan Marine Park, the best diving he's ever done, as he never seems to tire of telling me. And the Minahasa mountain regions were beautiful. Oni was a good guide and Albert was a good driver. We'll take some fond memories back from this place, but that isn't enough, is it? We, after all, also have memories of Borneo, Thailand, Korea, Hong Kong, and so many places which we carry with us like a comfort blanket, which keeps us going until the next time. But something has been building inside us both for years now, which is sometimes spoken of, but only in jest, really. We couldn't really do it, could we? It's about happiness, isn't it? I mean, 
Happiness is something which can come apparently out of nowhere and take you unawares at the most unlikely and unexpected of times. And it isn't all about where you are or even what you're doing, but the fact remains that we look forward with anticipation to every time we come to the tropical parts of the world. And the thought of going back to our temperate home is never a happy one. So there's that. And the fact of it is that the fount of all my happiness is sitting on the other side of the table. And that's been the case since Paula was 16 years old and we met for the first time in the Brewer's Arms in Osborne Street in Colchester. And we only needed to meet once. Just for the record, I was much older, being two weeks into my 17th year. But the fact that girls get there much earlier than boys at that stage of life probably compensated for my mature years. It isn't about houses, or the latest gadgets, or the best furniture. We, we've done that, and we're in our 40s now, and the houses get bigger and older, and that would be an acceptable, respectable way to carry on, and life would be a fine thing. We never married, we never felt the need to make public pronouncement of our love, and we never wanted kids. We've always been enough for each other and sufficient unto ourselves. So our love is a given, and love is a movable thing, which does not rely upon where it is or how big or old a house it lives in, or what kind of car it drives. So what would be stopping us, really? We have a telephone number, written on a piece of paper. Conversations and ideas happen, and our first impression is that the peninsula of North Sulawesi would be a great place to live. The climate, the people we've met and spoke to, and one conversation with one Indonesian woman in particular, who owns and runs a resort in the highlands, left its mark. What Sulawesi needs is foreign investment, people like us coming to live here. And there are precious few of those. In our entire trip, the only other foreigners we met have been a very few other tourists. So, we talked to Oni. He could help us if we wanted to, of course, he'd be happy to. And we had nodded and thanked him, and that'd been the end of it. It wasn't a serious idea. But we have a telephone number. Can 
We had to come away, really, in order to get some perspective. These things are best not decided or given serious thought in the heat of the moment, in the romance and unusual ambience of a holiday when one's mind is likely to take off on a flight of fancy. In my more honest and rational moments, I could concede that there were too many things which mitigated against it. Neither of us can speak a word of Indonesian, and the, the British were never here. This part of Indonesia was part of colonial Netherlands once, until just after the Second World War, and hardly any English is spoken anywhere. So we came away, just to see whether leaving would be enough to make us see the total impracticality of the whole idea, which had not even really been seriously spoken of, because it was sheer folly, surely. Thus have we made it as far as Singapore, drinking beer on Clark Quay and watching the traditional junks pass along the river. We both knew what needed to be said. Neither of us can remember now who was the first to say it, when the definitive words were spoken or how many beers we had drunk. But at some time during that evening, the moment came which was pff, a combination of years of thought and too many long-haul flights going the wrong way. It was more of a question, really. Tomorrow we fly. This was our last night in the beloved tropical heat. But we know we'll be back as soon as money, contractual commitments and annual leave allow. So the question is, why are we going back to such a good and worthy life? Good and worthy though it is, when perhaps with a degree of imagination and a considerable injection of insanity, Life could perhaps be so much better. Back home, we fetch Buru from the boarding kennels. His proper name is Sanburu. We bought him soon after a trip to Kenya, and it's good to see him. He's quite old now, as dogs go. And we wouldn't consider going anywhere until he's no longer with us. But that will likely not be very much longer. Dogs are movable, but he's old and would not benefit from the journey nor adapt well to the heat of the Far East, and we would never leave him behind. So, what do we feel now we're back? One day to sleep off the jet lag and then back to the daily commute to London, or to the airport in order to connect with my numerous and disparate staff who live and work from the tip of Cornwall to the north of Scotland. Phil will pick up his business and his tools and life will resume its usual patterns of working on working days and playing hard at the weekend, condensing our lives together into too short a span of time, which is how we've lived until now. Perhaps after a few days or weeks we'll be able to forget the long, hot, tropical nights until the next time. Perhaps it will all fade out with the busyness of a different life as it usually does, but... This time it's different. This time we can't quite let go. The feeling that we're in the wrong place and the wrong climate doesn't find a place to be quiet. The inner voice is speaking too loudly and this time we have a telephone number on a scrap of paper. I think it took about two weeks 
I work out the annual leave, which at my grade is a quite generous allowance, and one evening Phil made the phone call. Our instruction to Oni was clear. Look for land for sale in the mountains. We'll be back in three months' time. Perhaps buying land and building in Sulawesi is, after all, a more realistic project than some others that we have considered. There was the elephant sanctuary in Africa or a plantation in Borneo, both of which have been discussed over red wine in times of intoxicated inspiration. But in any case, this one had embryonic momentum now, and who knew where it would end? There hadn't been a single definitive moment, not really, but... If there had been one, it had happened sitting by the river in Singapore. And that, for us both, is where the moment will always stay. Motherland, cradle me, close my eyes, lullaby me to sleep. Keep me safe, lie with me, stay beside me, don't go. Don't you go. So what will happen next? Find out when we return to the journey of Phil and Paula from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.